This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Hello, welcome to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Pat Oswalt. I'm Meredith Salinger. Get ready for an audio journey of, of, of two people in their home talking <laughs> because the studio's closed down because of COVID. So we're recording this in the house. So if there's any weird noises, if you have to adjust your volume while you're driving or doing laundry, we're sorry. <laughs> we got to do what we got to do. Um, we're actually back in 2022. 2022. The last time we spoke to you guys, it was 2021. Oh, boy. And we were talking about how we were going to go on a vacation because we hadn't had a vacation. And <laughs> I was saying that I needed to see a natural wonder. And, and boy, oh, boy, Patton, yep. did we see a natural wonder. We went out to um, uh, Utah, to Amangiri, uh, near the... Um, Arizona border. Arizona border, and uh, got to go explore... Slot canyons and Slot mazes and canyons and mesas and um, yeah, my whole life I've been seeing uh, these beautiful photographs online <laughs> yeah. of these red earth sedimentary rock mm-hmm. carved canyons that the Colorado River would rush through and carve these like pathways. Right. And I've always wanted to go. One of my best friends, her daughter in like third grade, wrote a report about them. And I've been wanting- And well, you've been haunted by that since the third grade? S- since she was in Burned grade. itself into your head one and, day. And I said, one day I want to see the natural wonder of the Slot Canyons. And we went and- Did you send a picture of yourself in the Slot Canyon to your that friend and just write, I win? <laughs> no. On it? But I did Vengeance? say, you inspire- She's 15 now. Oh, she 15? Yeah. And I was like, you inspired me. I finally got to see this fabulous natural wonder. And it really was a wonder. It really was a wonder. Although one of the things about seeing um, for real natural wonders, and this really hit me, we, we even talked about this when we were doing it, is sometimes natural wonders are so genuinely wonderful that they don't, they almost look fake. They They look so perfectly carved and set designed and we've seen so many bad versions of them in movies and science fiction and on tv so when you go and see the real thing 
you for a second you're brought back to like, this. Am I on a set? Seventies Sid and Marty Croft. Like, oh, is this is this Land of the Lost? The Slee Stack Lair, or because <laughs> there were there were parts of the Slot Canyons, and they were amazing. But there were a couple of, and we had this this incredible guide who was taking photographs. But sometimes the uh, wait, wait, the, wait. the background would look like the the cavern in Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. <laughs> That's true, and I mean that as a compliment. It looked that unreal. Yeah. Well, you just went very quickly over the. Well, we're going to go back over stuff, but I just wanted to say that that was. I, I felt bad that that was my initial reaction. Uh, is that is this a little too wondrous for me? Has the <laughs> wonder been diluted through years of bad versions of this in film and TV and in computer games and stuff like that? Well, that's where your brain goes because uh-huh. you are a computer and movie like obsessive weirdo. No, I think that's just part of the zeitgeist at this point. It's part, well, it's part of you yours. Were, it's well, your, but I, you, you were mentioning that too, that some of these things looked. Well, one mountain did look like a sleigh stack. Yeah. No, Actually, I, I, I it, don't mean, I mean the, 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 um, landscape itself had an aura of unreality to it. It was so beautiful. It was hard to fathom, mm-hmm. but we, um, we're on Navajo land, yep. and um, this beautiful man who was from the Navajo, Navajo Nation took us through the Slot Canyons, and um, it was very sacred and beautiful, but uh, in addition to all that beauty and sacredness and earth appreciation, he happened earth to be- Earth appreciation. It was, I felt very appreciative of the earth. <laughs> Thank that, you, earth, for giving me something to walk on. For, well, it was gorgeous. Okay. And he just happened to be like a professional photographer. Oh, my Lord. So I was like taking a selfie of the two of us in front of this cool slot canyon thing. And he's like, hey, I'll, I'll grab a picture for you. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. And then he showed it to me. And I was like, holy shit, what the hell? And he knew how to do things with he was a nature. He was a nature photographer. But he would He's do- actually worked for- um, the National Geographic and yeah. for Planet Earth and all those shows. But he knew how to do vertical landscaping. St- it was just the craziest. Well, he's a professional photographer. Yeah. Boy, did he know what he was doing. Anyway, we got some beautiful photos. But what was most magical to me was just being out in nature. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was freezing. We but were definitely wearing a lot of snow gear. It was freezing for the first hour when you would get out there. But then when you started moving around, it really it didn't feel... That cold. We were climbing anymore. down cavernous holes and going down. It was just. It was really ugh. cool. Anyway, uh, we have a lot of pictures on our Instagram of that moment because I think anyone who's ever been like that's everyone. I've told people I sent pictures to people and they were like, "Oh yeah, I have a friend from uh, New York who uh, has those same pictures." <laughs> like everybody had a friend from somewhere who had those pictures. But if you do get a chance to visit the Slot Canyons uh, in your lifetime, it is worth. The trip and it's worth the hike because it's like Antelope it, Canyon and Rattlesnake Canyon and well the, the best one it was actually kind of interesting because he started us off in the first one which I believe was Antelope Canyon no no we, no it wasn't well whatever it was we were ooing and eyeing and oh this is amazing and he's like just maybe save your energy I was like taking because, a thousand pictures of this yeah. first place we went to <laughs> he was like, and maybe then calm down we went to three different canyons and by the third canyon like the first canyon you walk through it was kind of wide like you could put your hands out yeah. a little bit. And then as you moved toward the more insane canyons, it was like your one foot could get through. You had to squeeze through these yeah. tight things. You and had to have spelunking skills. Spelunking? To, um, yeah, cave crawling. Oh, oh, cave crawling. I thought you, you've never gone spelunking? Dude, I don't know. I mean, I think I've heard of the word spelunking, but I don't oh. really know what it is. There's and caves that, all over Virginia. We would always go uh, spelunking and rock climbing. There are caves in Virginia? Hell Yeah. 
Like what kind of caves? Uh, the, uh, child snatching caves. I don't know. No, there's a. It's just a lot of natural rock formations and caves and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, where where cannibal humanoids live. Um, <laughs> but what was cool about getting to Rattlesnake Canyon was that was the one like like, like Meredith was saying. You had to get like one foot down and really shimmy and squeeze. And in a weird way, you sort of communed with whatever forces formed the canyon. And you got a feeling for how it must have been carved out over the millions of years that it was carved out. Yeah. It was pretty incredible. And then we saw Lake Powell. Which, well, hang on. Oh, let's, let, let's, that'll be our next segment because I want to – Well, we, this we has still, been four minutes, so I think we can continue the story. No, no, we, we, we still have stuff to talk about here though. Oh, do we? Yeah, yeah. Lake Powell will be its own thing. Oh. Um, what do you want to say while you sip your tea? Well, um, the, the hike and the exploring the canyons was arranged by this place we were staying called Amangiri. Now, Amangiri – this was a bit of a splurge for us because we a had bit. not. It was like our entire life. We so hadn't okay. taken a trip in a in a million years. So we said, <laughs> okay, well, since we haven't gone anywhere, uh, let's go to let's we'll spend some money. So we go to this place, Amangiri, which is so amazingly designed. It, it it's it's designed, in Utah, in the middle of nowhere. It's like you cannot get to this place. We had to drive five hours yeah. from the nearest airport. Yeah, and then and and as you're getting close to it, it really feels like there's going to be nothing out there until you crest this one hill and suddenly start the James Bond music uh, because the supervillain layer is laid out before you, Amangiri, um, but it's, but designed to kind of complement the scenery, not to stick out like some growth, like using a lot of the natural formations, flora, fauna, whatever. It's a very um, green resort. However- Green meaning with the environment, not actually green because it was all desert and it was all cement. And by the way, I'm sure they're still doing a thousand things wrong, but they're doing their best. They're making an attempt to try to not destroy the land around them. But again, anyone listening to this, I'm sure there are people that go, yes, but then there's one. Yes, I know. Everyone's trying their best. They're trying their best, and and their best was pretty amazing because they were using a lot of the um, uh, natural uh, features uh, from the surrounding area and didn't really mess a lot of stuff up. However, hey, I just realized you stole my microphone. Oh well, we'll we'll switch when we do the next one. Okay, okay. my microphone is pink with sparkles, and his is brown. <laughs> just kidding. I'm Hers just has kidding. one of those nineteen eighties "We Are the World" uh, pantyhose things over the mic. It's called a. Um, I guess she pops her peas a lot. I, I pop my peas. What is it called? It's a pea popper. Oh, dear it's God. a preventer that's, of a pea popper. That's not what it's called. It's a screen. It's a pop. Sc- I don't know what it's called. Anyway. It's, anyway, you took mine. Going to these big resorts now, post watching that show, The White Lotus. As a guest of these resorts, you, I personally got really paranoid. Am I being an ugly guest? Am I being too demanding? Am is it the staff? Can I just say secretly one thing? hate me? Does the what? This place, you couldn't be annoying because the staff was so incredible that before you could even ask if you needed something, they were like, "Can I get you this? Can I get you that?" And then they'd say stuff like. Um, I think you'll be excited when you get back to your room. I've set up a s'mores kit in the backyard. Okay. Or they'll be like, hey, there, we put a telescope out in your backyard so you could look at the stars tonight. Right. You never had to ask for a thing. But the thing that I'm wondering is, is the stat, like, are we seeing them on the road to three years down the road to snapping on a guest? No. Like they started off being really helpful and here's the thing. And then after a few years of that, they're like, if someone asks me for another goddamn s'mores kit, like, you know. Can like I just this say, is- I do not think that this place 
ever has anyone asked them for anything because they are magnificent. They, I have never I'm in my life. I'm not saying had, that Amangiri isn't magnificent. What I'm saying is after watching other the show, hotels, probably yes, feel that way. Well, I I think all even the most high end resorts, there is a lot of tension and a lot of. Also, there were a lot of. Um, Native American um, staff members and our guide was Native American. I wonder if they talk about, oh, here come the, here come the 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 pasty city folk. You know what? That want to go on the, the sacred lands and I, you know. I think they actually loved because we were so interested, and it seemed like the other guests, the few guests that were there, mm-hmm. seemed so interested in the culture and the area mm-hmm. and loved. I mean, this is a place you go to actually see these things, and mm-hmm. I think the people who go are actually super interested in Mm -hmm. the nature and the formation. And, you know, we learned so much. They even have a different kind of corn that they grow there, which is like, um, I guess the life cycle of a life of corn is like, it takes 90 days or something, but this is like 30 day corn or something like that, but it was extra sweet. And so they made these divine desserts out of this extra sweet corn. They had a corn popsicle. Yeah. That was so yummy. But I'm just saying post white Lotus, there's, I can't a hundred percent feel relaxed in a um, in a resort setting anymore, which 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 speaks to how great the White Lotus was. Um, hey guys, let's take a few moments to thank our sponsors. And we're back. And I'm and Gary. We took a trip out onto Lake Powell. Nobody now, was you- on the. Nobody was on the lake. It Apparently, was just us. Lake Powell is is very rowdy and uh, busy in, in the, the summertime, summertime, as it should be. It's gorgeous. However, if you if you dress warmly and uh, and and pack a lunch, take a little boat out onto Lake Powell in December if you can, because it was one of the trippiest experiences. Because the surface is smooth and still as and glass. reflective as a mirror. mirror. And yep. there were moments when we would go by rock formations that it felt like we were in the one of those weird doctor um strange dimensions where up and down didn't matter anymore well it was like the water looked like sky and the reflection of the mountain looked like a planet and so it looked like we were floating through outer space it was really cool and it was beautiful and there were there were little sections where you could like (laughs) make echoes there was one section called echo cove or something like that and Patton, we were like hello and then from your right and your front and your left you could hear it go hello 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 it would bounce around like three times it was amazing you could actually hear it and so then Patton started to do songs that had like um like a song that had la 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 so he would be like i did the i tried to do the whole lot of love thing the way down and then he had the way down inside you you, you, yeah. you need it, need it. It was amazing. But um, a- after we did that for a little bit and we were so delighted by it, hey, we should take a video of ourselves doing this. This will be awesome. So we filmed ourselves <laughs> screaming and yelling up into this canyon. Uh, and then when, when we watched the movie on our camera, the, it didn't pick, the audio didn't pick up the echo. So it looks like these two maniacs <laughs> standing on a boat Going, just screaming. Hello! And then getting, and then big smiles like, ah! Like yeah, and like giggling at nothing, like they heard voices in their head or something. Um, it was pretty fantastic. So, uh, and then also uh, Meredith got to do something on Lake Powell that she's been obsessed with. <gasps> you guys, since I've been talking about little, this since the beginning of the podcast, and she got I, to do it in real life. I've mentioned on this podcast a multitude of times how 
it, back in the 70s, they'd always have those shows like Fantasy Island or The Brady Bunch or, you know, whatever. And every a- show. Every show in the 70s. Every basically. show had quicksand. And I always thought to myself, wow, quicksand. Like, yeah. gosh, I wonder what that would be like. Also, that was something that we were all genuinely scared of. Yeah, that was and a guess thing. what? Oh, my God. You know, if, we, if you're out in the woods and there's quicksand, you're dead. You're dead. So we were on Lake Powell, and we pulled our little tugboat or whatever it was up our to- guide, Our, our guide. Our guide. Our guide pulled our boat over to the side where there was a little beachy kind of area, and it was muddy. And he's like, hey, you guys want to feel quicksand? And I thought he was kidding. I'm like, there's no such thing. It's like, really? Quicksand? And he's like, really? Come out. And so I went out and he held my hand Mm -hmm. as I gently stepped on quicksand. And as my boot started to get covered, I was like, oh, nope, nope. And then I kept going back a little bit because it was such a cool feeling. It was like you were standing on a crusty bit of chocolate pudding and you kind of started to sink and it, you could feel it like wanting to suck you in, and then I jumped off it before I could. But it was amazing. I was so excited. To me, it felt like standing on a waterbed, and it had the same mechanics too. Where and he showed us. He goes, the thing about quicksand is, it it doesn't do anything. It doesn't activate until you start walking on it, and the more you walk on it to struggle to get out, that's when it starts to oversaturate with water, and then you sink. Now he goes, at the most, you'll maybe sink to your knees. And then you just kind of, you're stuck and you might lose your shoes and then you got to get out. But the well, way it depends that, how deep it, yeah. that, but, our, but, that area would have only, he said that area would have only taken us up to our knees. But, he, but he's like, you're not going to die in quicksand. Not that you're not quicksand. quicksand. Well, no, he, he just said it's not um, a thing. But then I, I thought about it on the way back, how many shows I saw in the 70s that use quicksand as a plot device. And what I'm realizing is it's just these, those writer's rooms were like, how do we get – we don't have time to script a whole fight scene here. How do we get rid of this character? It's like, <laughs> just have him have some quicksand. He just falls in it. And I, I almost I – bet, I bet like ABC, CBS, and NBC had a set like quicksand stage <laughs> they all where they it. could just redress it to – what's it got to look like? It's got to look like the Northern California forest. All right, okay, but earlier today we're shooting it. It's got to be the jungle, so you can't have it till four. And then they just got to move a character out of the – Thing. I wonder if they, if they use quicksand to get rid of like uh, actors or actresses that were causing problems. <laughs> On the set. And they're just like, he's asking for too much money. All right, next episode, they're going to travel to Tonga and she's going to fall into some quicksand. <laughs> like they just were dropping people. Because every, literally every show, Six Million Dollar Man, Fantasy Island, they the all had woman. Quicksand, Wonder quicksand, woman. quicksand, quicksand. It Everything. was all it was. Well, it certainly was an interesting feeling, and I'm so happy I got to experience it because truly my whole life I've wondered about it. And also, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast talking about where we were going on our vacation, which was that all those mountains, the slot canyons, are made from sedimentary rock. Uh And I, since I was a little girl, have loved sedimentary rock. Not igneous, not metamorphic, sedimentary. Fuck that shit, no. Sedimentary. Get that igneous out of here. So anyway, it was fabulous. Yeah, get that igneous out of here, you igneoramus. <laughs> okay, um, that was fun. I was ha- I like seeing a natural wonder. And after that vacation, I thought to myself, well, I haven't seen the Great Sequoia National Forest. Oh. And then my mom said, yes, you have. <laughs> and then she told me about a time I went when I was little. But I need to see it as an adult. You don't remember it. I don't really. I'd like to re-experience it now that I really appreciate these things. I saw the Grand Canyon when I was like seven or eight, oh, and, and I barely remember that. So we stopped 
that on the way to Arizona. And I had never seen the Grand Canyon. And I think that's a thing that everyone on their honeymoon does. Doesn't everyone go to the Grand Canyon well, on their honeymoon? Well, Niagara Falls, Grand Canyon, yeah. that kind of thing. But it's the thing I wanted to do that you'll, you say you'll never do is ride those little burrows down in the canyon. I would love to do that. What if the burrow trips on They're a rock? They're not going to trip on a you rock. That's know. what they do. Yeah, but even the guy, even our guide said, no one has ever. We've never lost anyone. That is absolutely not true. <clears throat> there have definitely been deaths on the. Side. I want statistics as to how many burrow deaths in the Grand Canyon there have been. I bet there's none. Hey, Type Siri, in burrow deaths Grand Canyon. How many deaths from burrows? Have happened in the Grand Canyon. Death from burrows. <laughs> Death from burrows. I'm done talking, Siri. You can check now. Okay. I found this on the web for Burrow Deaths Grand Canyon. How many deaths from burrows have happened in the Grand Canyon? Check it out. I thought you were going to read it to me, Siri. Well, I got to put my glasses on. Siri. Come on, Siri. How many people fall in the Grand Canyon? The answer is 65. A year or total? A year. 65 people, people a year die? About 12. 12. Oh. Tw- no. How many people fall in the Grand Canyon? Hold on. Off of burrows. Not off of the side while they're standing up some there. Some die from dehydration. Okay. Not a bur- not some, burrow related. Some die hopping from one rock to another. Not or, burrow related. Or posing for pictures, which, by the way, oh, man. there were some people There were some people pa- risking we were there death. That were on the ledge. Like, way, like they had climbed over the fence where you're not supposed to climb and went way out on the ledge. And it was, it was, a, it was a windy day too. And I just kept thinking, if I see a death today. On I mean, average, two or three deaths per year are from falls over the rim. 12 deaths happen from natural causes, medical problems, suicide, heat, drowning. Um, but what about the burrows? See, I don't think the, I don't think the burrows are responsible for any deaths. Okay. Well, hold on. Cause I'm going to really look for that one. Also, the Grand Canyon, that's not a guaranteed suicide spot. You don't know, like, that you're going to fall far enough or that you'll fall and that there'll be, like, an outcropping or something. Like, don't you want to get, like, you know you're going to hit and die? Like, you don't know that for sure in the Grand Canyon, do you? Hmm. At approximately 9 o'clock this morning, the Grand Canyon Regional Dispatch Center received a radio call from a mule wrangler reporting that a mule had lost its footing, fell, and then rolled over the passenger that it had been carrying. They died. Okay, but the passenger died because the burrow rolled onto them. It didn't fall into the canyon. No, the burrow tripped and fell into the canyon. Oh. Has anyone died riding a donkey into the Grand Canyon? Most of them are tragic and grisly. One person even died riding a mule up. <laughs> well, that guy, guy was like, I made it. I did the trip. Now it's time to go. Oh, dear God, why? Only 10 mules are allowed to go per day into the canyon. All right. Well, I want one of those 10. I want to be one of the elite mule riders. But one of them will always die. What? <laughs> so there will always be What 10, is this, like a squid game thing? 10 that go down and nine that come back. All right. Okay, so- I sent you a video. You sent me a text. I texted you a video. You texted me a video. I texted you a video of a reporter in West Virginia doing a story about a water main break. And oh boy. Let's listen. He joins us now live in Dunbar. And Tori, they're not seeing any flakes but wet roads. And now we're starting to experience, unfortunately, in freeze thaw, we see this, water main breaks. I just got hit by a car, but I'm okay, Tim. That's the first I'm, story I'm okay. on TV, Jory. Woo! We're all good. Are you okay? I'm okay. Yeah, you know, that's live TV for you. It's all good. 
Ma'am, you are so sweet and you are okay. It is all good. You know, I... (laughs) Oh, Lord. So you... You know it's my last week on the job, and I think this would happen. So you were bumped in. To me, Tim. Were you bumped down low, Tori, or were you hit up high? I couldn't really tell from the looking. Oh, I, I, I don't even. Do you know if I was bumped down low or up high, sir? I just saw you disappear. I don't even know. I don't even know, Tim. I, my whole life just flashed before my eyes. But this is live TV, and everything's okay. I, I thought I was in a safe spot, but clearly, um, we might need to move the camera over a bit. Yeah. So let me do that. Now, to, just to set the stage uh, you for you, once again, Tori's in an area right now, there has been a water main break, so there are emergency vehicles around there, and a lot of times what we have seen in those kind of situations yeah. are, in, when emergency vehicles are around, there's a lot of confusion from people about drivers, about where to go, so it's possible people that's People get what distracted a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, you didn't even see Oh, the God, that woman, that woman was so nice, though. The woman who just hit her. Yeah. I mean, too. Okay, so anyway. Wait. Everything's fine, but again, Tim, we're, we'll get back to the report, right? Okay, so she wait, is. Wait, wait. So, First of all, she's adorable, um, and he is like, he's kind of just trying so hard to be a newsman. He's not. He he's. Yep, yep. Well, that he, happens. He, yep, he people goes, get hit. That happens. First off, I love that her name is Tori Yorgi. Um, <laughs> I also love the fact that he try. He stays. He's so committed to being a news anchor that his first question is not, are you okay? It's, were you hit uh, high or low? Can we, (laughs) like, no, you're not interviewing someone on the scene. Your colleague was just hit. And I don't know if you noticed, and I'm I'm sure this is because of COVID, but she said, I'm kind of a one-woman show here. She doesn't have a crew with her. She's doing that herself. She has to reset the camera up and move it by herself. She's like out on her own doing it. And this car hits her. And then you hear the woman in the car, are you okay? Just, you know, probably. And and then I love how Tori tries to make it a teachable moment and saying, well, you know, you, we, we've said that when there's emergency vehicles, people slow down and they, they look and you just saw that just happen. Like it's just like, I'm the example. I laid my life down. Oh my God. To show you guys the danger of. He just seemed like he just stayed in newsman mode a little bit too. Little bit too hard. Too hardcore. He could have yeah. been like, oh my God. Right. He's, oh, are you okay? He was like, you're okay. Well, this kind of stuff happens. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She and was adorable. Exactly. She was adorable. And she's and, like, that got hit by a car in college too. It's okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> car in college. Wait, what? Yeah. So, um, Tim and uh, Tim and Tori, that was, uh, I'm okay, Tim. I'm okay. Let's get back to the report. Have you ever been hit by a car? I've been in a car that's been hit, but I've never been like hit by a car when I'm like walking around. Oh. You? Uh, I don't think I've ever been hit by a car. No. Yeah. I almost died by a train, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been in cars that have crashed, but I I feel like if a car crashed into me, I would be like Mr. Glass. I would just immediately crumble. I do not have the strongest <laughs> skeleton. Um, but that, I mean, that is um, that is some super heroic stuff. She just pops right back up and going to finish this report. Now, she also said that's her last week on the job. Yeah. Is she applying somewhere else? Because if she is, uh, include, her. include that video in your reel. Uh, that, it shows that, how like you professional yeah. and jump backable you are. I is am, jump backable a word? Uh, it is now. Resilient, I think, is the word and I was it, looking for. Well, she is. Um, yes, resilient is the, was the word you were looking for. for but, instead of jump backable. Yeah, but she she needs to add to her resume that uh, impervious to car collisions. <laughs> well, yeah. 
I mean, she, 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 she's been in two. She was hit by a car in college, and now she's, oh, my God, what if she's like Bruce Willis's character in Unbreakable? Maybe she She doesn't is. know she has superpowers. Perhaps she does. How would she know? She might Why would not, she know? Why is she always okay? Exactly. She always pops up and finishes. Well, I wonder what she was doing in college that she got hit. Well, she's probably drunk crossing the road. Probably at an Eve 6 concert. She was uh, oh, hotboxing out in the parking lot. The obsession you have right now. Eve 6 is responsible for more of a deaths. I don't even deaths. know what Eve 6 is. All I know is that on Twitter, you and this Eve 6 group he's are- a, He's this guy. They had a one-hit wonder in the 90s, and he has embraced it, and he's delightful. Is the name of the band Eve 6? Eve 6. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Something like Put My Heart in a Blender. Rendezvous, then I'm through with you. I think that was their song. Really? Yeah. I don't know what that is anyway. Well, anyway, they were, uh, it was a big, anyway, how did I get from, oh, I mentioned Eve Six and the, I was just reaching for a band. I wasn't trying to start a conversation about that. But when you reach for a band to make a funny joke about, uh-huh. usually people choose Fog Hat. Yeah, but I think, you know what, we, we need to pull in the younger listeners. I don't and, think uh, anyone knows who Eve Six is. Uh, I think even less people know who Fog Hat is because the people who knew who Fog Hat were, were de- are dead. We, oh. Are all dead or in their 70s and don't listen to podcasts. That is not true. Foghat is like maybe the generation about. Oh, okay, that were yeah, I guess that's yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, we're old. If they did a podcast, would they call it Pod Hat or a Fogcast? That's funny. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with Patton's picks. That was brutal. That's funny. Okay, we're back. We're going to do some picks. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? Tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. (laughs) Okay, movies. Uh, I just watched uh, a movie uh, from late last year uh, called The Harder They Fall. Is that a Jimmy Cliff reference? No, it is not. That the is that will be the harder they, they come, come, the harder they fall. Yeah, one and all. There is a Jimmy Cliff film called The Harder They Come, but this is called The Harder They Fall. Well, it's a sequel to The Harder and They it, Come. It is so not. It What's is it about? Directed by James Samuel. It is a uh, western. It is almost. It, it's a historical Justice League western where they have all these historic um, figures uh, from Western history. Nat Love. Uh, Mary Fields, uh, Stagecoach Mary. Why are you saying Justice League? Uh, because it, they were all these people, both amazing lawmen and bad guys, uh, and I don't think they ever actually had an adventure together like they do in this movie. So but they're this not superheroes. It's just well, but he's bringing together these historical figures like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen oh, okay. or something gotcha. like that. Like here they are: Mary Fields, Rufus Buck, Cherokee Bill, Bill Pickett, who basically invented rodeo roping. Um, he and, and was never credited for that. Jim Beckworth and uh, Marshal Sheriff Bass Reeves, who is the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. And it is a dream cast. Idris Elba, um, uh, Regina King, um, uh, oh my God, who, why am I blanking on his name? Um, anyway, uh, it, it is a huge um, historical uh, uh, adventure, very much done like a spaghetti western. Uh, Zazie Beats is in it. Honey, what does spaghetti western mean? It's like those westerns that were made over in Italy uh, that Clint Eastwood was in. But like, what does back it mean? In the day. It was just a term that means it's a western made over in Italy. So oh. they call them spaghetti westerns. And Lakeith Stanfield is in it. Um, oh, plays he's a Cherokee so cute. Bill. Listen, so, two of the cutest guys. 
Idris Elba and Lakeith. Totally different types, but both really cute. And uh, Jonathan Majors plays Nat Love, uh, a very, very famous Western figure. So this is basically a way of them going, of, of the director and writer saying, this was a part of the West that was going on. You just never saw this in movies in the 50s and 60s because they just, they had them chock full of white people. But there was... Uh, the, like so one, one, I think one in three or one in four cowboys were black, because a lot of freed, in the old days, a lot of freed slaves moved west. Went, oh, good, I can I can start my own life out there. Good. And and these were all major historic figures uh, that existed back then, and they just throw them all together in this big crazy. And is it a really good cr- movie? Um, yeah, it gets a little excessive in terms of um camera angles and editing, but I'm such a sucker for that that I don't care. I was so entertained by it. It's just nonstop. Uh, shootouts and great shootouts and great monologues where people are facing each other down and saying what they're going to do to each other. And then they um, uh, do it, do it. There's a great fight, uh, fight scene at the end between um, Zazie Beats and uh, Regina King that is just dr- knocked down, drag out, brutal. Regina King is the queen right now. Yeah, I mean, She's she, killing it. she kicks so much ass. She really movie. does. So yeah, the harder they fall. I loved it. Books. I'm writing the intro to a collection of stories by this woman named Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough. It's going to be in three volumes. I'm reading volume one. I'm just now going through. What kind of writer is she? She wrote everything. She wrote horror stories, science fiction, romance, Western, historical. She wrote six hours a day, six days a week. Her, But she's this weirdly kind of neglected or sort of forgotten in the amongst all the other big horror writers that came out of this. Is she still alive? Still alive. Oh. So like in the 70s and 80s when people like Stephen King and um, uh, Dean Koontz and Peter Straub and all those people were kind of coming up, she was also writing amazing novels and uh, short stories and now they're putting together a deluxe collection and I've been reading a lot of her stuff. I reread a story that I remember reading as a teenager that really, really messed me up called Savory Sage, Rosemary and Time about uh, a, a young Southern girl that just, was in just, love with Simon and Garfunkel. Well, she's well, she's in love with a guy that doesn't love her, and she decides to start using some witchcraft on him. And oh boy, it takes some genuine dark twists and turns with one of the creepiest endings. The ending suggests a whole other horrible story is about to start. That's what's amazing. Uh, so anyway, Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough. When this book comes out next, probably next year, elsewhere and yesterday, uh, pick that up. I'll remind you of it. Oh, those sound good. Uh, that's, There's nothing so good, good mm. about um, doing spells to make someone love you. If they don't love you, yes. you shouldn't try to make them love you. You should say, you know what? I'm amazing. If they don't love me, that's their loss. Well, that <laughs> I sound is- like my mother. Honey, I know you have a crush <laughs> on that boy, but he doesn't like you. <laughs> well, for one thing, that is exactly what that story is about, that do not use Spells and charms, it will backfire in the worst way it always does. possible. But also, you just reminded me of a line that Andy Kindler has about whenever he auditions for something and he doesn't get it. And his mom would go, well, it's their loss. And then Andy <laughs> would go, well, they seem to be taking it well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, there. And also, if you put a spell on someone and then they're like being nice to you and tr- acting like they love real. you. You know that they really don't. And so is it really that satisfying? I don't no, think it is. It, it's got to feel the same thing after a while as when, I guess, you know, guys who love to go to strip clubs, but they're only exactly. giving you the lap dance because you're getting, like there's no way they're actually going, you know what, don't give me any money. I can't wait. They're not into you. They're right. not, you know. That's why you don't like 
stripper not strippers you don't like hookers and well i mean i don't no you don't not like them as people you don't you you wouldn't think, like them I think, because i think sex work is work but it's also not my thing because i don't like going where i'm not invited right. i don't want to go where i'm not invited and if i feel like they don't like, like you I'm then like, why nope, would you go i don't want it i don't want it Right. It's not, not not my thing. No. And then finally, comics. I just started a, a great new series by a guy named Jeff McComsey, who's now stuff I got to go find because, man, can he write an art by Mike Diodato Jr. It's called The Fourth Man. It is a modern, little twisty, noir crime thing. And the two things I love about it, one- What Mike, do you mean a crime thing? Is it a comic book? It's a comic book. This is oh. my comic pick. Uh, it's called The Fourth Man. First issue just came out. It's a- multiple murder in a little crappy small town and it's all over is it a mystery it's not really it's more of a noir you know oh. who's doing what you just don't know who's oh. going to survive ah. because everyone's betraying each other and they're all betraying each other over $25,000 it is the low these are low life criminals one owns a car dealership it is all the sleaziest i love low stakes crime i can't get enough of it um, That's this, like when someone burglarizes someone and then shoots them for like their wallet and their sixteen bucks and, the, and then they go to prison for life for sixteen yeah, dollars. Like, I'll give you the sixteen. Yeah, I'll like don't rob me. You. Just say, hey, Just I want to rob you. Yeah. What do you've got? What have you got in your purse? You're like, I have some credit cards and money. Can you take yeah. those? And they're like, great. And you're like, just FYI, like at some point I'm gonna cancel the credit card. <laughs> yeah. So. Do what you want. Spend the money and try to use the credit card as quick as you can. Use the credit card as fast as you can, but yeah. I'm going to have to cancel it at some point. You got robbed outside of the King's Cafe? I was near my apartment, which I used to live by the King's Road Cafe in West Hollywood. Right. And I was walking home after having coffee, um, and I got held up at gunpoint. Uh, two guys came out, and one held up the guy I was with, and one held up me, uh -huh. and he put a gun in my face. And he goes. So you you saw the gun. The gun was out. Dude, he put the gun in my face, oh, and he okay. said, "Give me your effing purse." And I looked at him, and I said, and I held up my finger, <laughs> and I said, "Okay, let me just get my keys." And I right. bent down, and I opened my purse, and I reached in, and I grabbed my keys because my apartment was right there. Right. And I gave him the purse, and I said, "Now go!" <laughs> and I yelled at him, and I pointed where he should go to. Uh -huh. I was like, "Go!" And I pointed a direction for him to run off. And he to. ran. And they ran off. And then I called the police, and, and then uh, neither one of us could describe the assailants. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Why, it was too dark? Also, it was too quick. I think when you're in a traumatic situation, yeah, sometimes yeah, it's difficult to actually remember. I was like, oh, I could totally describe them. One was bald and had a goatee right, and was fat, right. and the other one was tall. And he's like, no, that guy had dreads, and this guy had this. And I'm like, no, he did not. <laughs> and so the two of us couldn't. But then you had to go, you had to credit, cancel your cards and get a new driver's license. I had to do everything. Ugh. And it was like a brand new purse that my, uh, I had gotten this really pretty nice purse. And then I had this really great makeup case with all my good makeup. And I was like, I should And you knew that guy just went through your, he used he just all of your, he used all your concealer. He used your toner. He probably had Listen, the I most contoured jaw and that just still kills <laughs> you to this day. I did say, let me get my keys, but I wish I had said, hey, can I just give you the cash and the wallet and let me keep my makeup? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then- Everybody was like, the fact that you even held up your finger in his face, like, give me a sec. Just give me my keys. <laughs> give okay? me one second. Let me get my keys. Because, yeah. like, you could have reached in there for a gun. Yeah. But I didn't with a gun in my face. Well, he must have he must have sensed your politeness and honesty and went, okay, let's get, let her get her keys. Let her get her keys. Yeah. I wish they'd just be, like, not mean. Like, look, I have a gun. I'm going to hold you up yeah. right now. Don't be scared. But, yeah. like, give me your purse. And I'll be like, all right, chill. I will give you my purse. But just take the money and go have a nice evening and let's not fight about this. 
<laughs> like, I don't want to argue. Let's leave as friends. Let's leave as friends. <laughs> There's a movie. Um, this is not a pick because I only watched this. When this movie came out, I only watched it because Elizabeth Shue was in it. And it was um, it's called 20 Bucks. And it's not that good. It's about a, a $20 bill that roams through all these different characters. Like, you follow this $20 bill as it's passed around in the city. Yeah. And you see these little stories. But there's one section in this movie with Christopher Lloyd and Steve Buscemi where Christopher Lloyd is a is a professional robber. He holds up like 7-Elevens and liquor stores. And he has that attitude that you're talking about going, it's not your money. Just hand it over. Right. It won't be a problem. Just like Brad really, Pitt really was so cute and Thelma and Louise. Hey, ma'am, I'm not, whatever he said was all sexy and cute. You're yeah. like, I'll give you whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it, but, it's just that, but it's like that, that thing of, of like, I do this all the time. You can walk away from this. It's yeah. not going to cost you any money. This has and then at one point, a, in one of the robberies, a woman reaches under for a gun and he shoots her in the leg. She, she doesn't die, but he just goes, why did you do that? This isn't your money. Like he, he yeah, it's like, almost like he's amazed that she would bother to do that. Like, like what are you doing? All you have to do is open the register. Yeah, what are you saving? Yeah. You're working for corporate America. <laughs> yeah. What are you, they you're don't care saving about his you. money and I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, exactly. Like you just have a nice life. Just do what I'm telling you and. Yeah, it's okay. So yeah, I, I just, I love that aspect of it of like, I'm, can't, I'm a professional. Can't you be a professional about this? Right. And other times it's like, listen, I've got like, 16 bucks here. I'd rather you not steal my whole purse. Yeah, exactly. Can I can I just write you a check for like 100 bucks right yeah. now and you can leave? Yeah. Why don't you write me a check for 1000? Don't be greedy, man. I'm doing something nice for you. <laughs> like, don't get greedy. Here's 100 bucks. Walk away. You're negotiating the check. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> um so yeah, so the fourth man and all the other great thing about the fourth man, uh, getting back to it, the art, the Diodato is casting the movie that this would be made that it would be made from it. So, like, um, the main guy is Harvey Keitel. The other guy is James Caan. Paul Giamatti's in it. So he's the, – the characters are drawn like those actors, which is really interesting. Like, here, maybe if you make this, you could cast these people. Mm, nice. Yeah. So those are my picks. I like your picks, Pat. <laughs> Thank you, and we'll see you. Nope, nope. You're not going to see us. You will hear us next Tuesday, and we wish you a fabulous week. You'll and- hear us next Tuesday, or as we like to say, hunt. All right, so thank you. (laughs) Bye! This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show. Mm. Babe, don't get so negative. Sweetie. I'm not being negative. I'm just starting conversations. No one wants to listen to a podcast. We're like, we did this thing and it was beautiful and it was awesome. Like, it doesn't, no one wants to pay to hear your happiness. I'm not saying that I'm miserable. I'm saying (laughs) actually make this to be fun. Start again. Okay. Are we still rolling? Uh, We could be rolling, yeah. Are we rolling? Well, yeah, I never stopped it. Oh, okay, great. All right. A podcast network.